I'm sitting here with a slightly furrowed brow as you're describing that because I want to agree with what you're saying, and I don't think I do completely, honestly. Um, well, then we have a problem. Dude. Well, <laughs> no, so, no I'm, I'm, just, I'm thinking out loud here as yeah. I say this. So. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of collaboration and reflection as we seek to keep growing as teachers. So this podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Hallway Conversations. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm Abby DeGroat. And I'm Dave Mulder. Friends, just over a year ago, Dave and I found ourselves in a hallway conversation that probably started with me asking where I could find some sticky notes because I was the new guy in town and was very needy. That's true. I still am very needy. And ended up, and we probably ended up talking about whether the whiteboard and marker is a form of technology, of which Dave has opinions, I I've do. discovered. Yeah. At some point, we joked during that conversation about starting a podcast, and so we did. And soon after, Abby joined us and elevated the whole production. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm not sure a year ago I thought we would still be going, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Here we are now, one year later, 50 episodes in and almost 13,000 downloads. So I just want to start on by saying on behalf of Abby and Dave, thanks for joining us over the past year. And whether this is your first time or you've been with us from the beginning, we are deeply grateful that you partner with us. Please consider sharing the link to these podcasts with some friends. We continue to try to reach new people in new places. And if you have any feedback or questions, topics for discussion, please email us at hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. That's hallwayconvospod at gmail.com. Dave and Abby, we've been uh, using check-in questions the last few weeks, and um, some of them fun, some of them off the wall, um, all of them enjoyable. I'm trying to model that practice for teachers, and but I guess my check-in question is related to just kind of we've been doing this for a year now, and and so I'm just wondering for you because we haven't really talked much about this to be honest, like. How do you look back at this whole experience of kind of, of we call it potting. Right, right. How do you feel about this, you know, a year, a year into this? Like, what, I don't know, what stands out for you or what do you notice? What do you wonder? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, these are the kinds of conversations I would have wanted to listen in on when I was teaching in K-12. Yeah. And, yeah. and I just feel so grateful that we get to do this. I know that's my line, right? Yeah. But we do, we get to do yeah. this. We get to have these kinds of conversations. And then to hear back from folks who are listening in yeah. and like saying, hey, what you said there made a difference. And now I'm thinking about this. And I've had a few of those, right? Yeah. Somebody sends you an email or text you and it's like, yeah. wow, thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for listening. Absolutely. How, how about you, Abby? Yeah, I think these are the kind of conversations I naturally have anyway, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Or seek out, or yeah, I had yeah. one with, with our colleague this morning, right? Um, yeah. And so that, and I also love podcasts, so it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I love to learn from other people doing this exact yeah. same thing, right. right? And so for me, it's, it's, I never thought of myself as someone who would put my voice out publicly, maybe yeah. in this context, but it's actually been very much a good fit. And so yeah. same, it's been really fun to connect with people yeah. that I otherwise would not have connected with. And just, it's been a great reflection yeah. tool for me as well, professionally, professional yeah. development. I would really agree with that. Mm -hmm. To me, this is like the best personal professional development yeah. mm -hmm. I've had in, in several years. Kind, yeah. kind of like our own PLC, right? It's our yeah. own personal learning community. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. that where we can push each other's thinking. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, was, I was thinking the same thing if I think about, man, how much have these conversations contributed to my growth? Mm-hmm. Especially especially as a, someone who is newer to higher education even. Sure. Um, I think just building relationship with you has been, with both of you, as, you know, it's, it's strange to me that 18, 20 months ago, I literally did not know you. Right. Now I can, you know, you were two of my dear friends here and you sustained me and kept me going in, in many different ways. And I'm oh, just so I'm super thankful. Oh, I'm super thankful for that when you're yeah. new in a place mm-hmm. and um, you wonder how that will, how that will mm-hmm. happen and you trust God will provide you with people to, to keep you going, but you, you don't know who that's going to be when you arrive. So, yeah. so I would say just selfishly thankful for the relationship building, uh, thankful for the, my own professional growth. I, I would also say in, um, you know, we've done, we've all experienced this where we get an email or a note or a message from someone somewhere and, and we pass it on. And I, mm-hmm. I think I passed one on that I received from someone in British Columbia the other day, someone who's doing, um, preparing to be a teacher yeah. um, and listens to the podcast as they go on to their classes, to their mm-hmm. university classes. And I'm just basically saying, hey, thanks for bringing your faith into this discussion because yeah. it's it's not part of the program that, that I'm involved in right now. And it's sort of for them, it's a, a, a time of renewal and say, hey, this this matters. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just really thankful. Um, but but still surprised that we're still sitting here, guys. Yeah, like, yeah, if I'm yeah. honest, Woo. I mean, I remember, Dave, we joked, let's try 10. <laughs> right? That was our initial run. And I still think we just keep saying, should we try 10 more? Yeah. We'll, Right. We might run out. We might talk about. I don't know. Yeah, totally. I I run out of stuff to talk about frequently. So, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Dave and Abby, I want to bring a, a quote. I know all of us really enjoy Parker Palmer. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to share a quote, and then I'm going to give you the context because the context is is going to explain why I'm wrestling a bit with Palmer. Even though I lo- I want to be clear, I really love Palmer, and mm-hmm. he has been Parker Palmer and the courage to teach and. Um, Several of his other books have been really helpful in my own faith and personal and professional journey. But, but so here's the quote, and it's, it's quite lengthy, but um, yeah. So here we go. After three decades of trying to learn my craft, every class comes down to this. My students and I, face-to-face, engaged in an ancient and exacting exchange called education. The techniques I have mastered do not disappear, but neither do they suffice. Face-to-face with my students, only one resource is at my immediate command, my identity, my selfhood, my sense of this I who teaches, without which I have no sense of the thou who learns. Here is a secret hidden in plain sight. Good teaching cannot be reduced to technique. Good teaching comes from the identity and integrity of the teacher. In every class I teach, my ability to connect with my students and to connect them with the subject depends less on the methods I use than on the degree to which I know and trust my selfhood, and I'm willing to make it available and vulnerable in the service of learning. He then goes on to say, if good teaching cannot be reduced to technique, I no longer need to suffer the pain of having my peculiar gift as a teacher crammed in the procrustean bed of someone else's method and the standards prescribed by it. The pain is left throughout education today as we insist upon the method du jour, leaving people who teach differently feeling devalued, forcing them to measure up to norms not their own. Mm -hmm. So here's the context, and I've really been wrestling with this. So 
The reason I share this quote, listeners, is because I found myself in a conversation some time ago uh, with a friend whom I have great respect, which is why I'm sharing this, yeah. in the spirit of respect, because it was actually a wonderful conversation. And at some point, my friend seemed to suggest that some of what we might consider good practices in education, and let's just use, for example, the use of learning targets, objectives, was taking some of the joy out of the teaching, of their teaching and the student learning. That, that the feeling that everything was almost becoming prescriptive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my question is, are we, are we on the edge or have we turned teaching and learning too much into a science, into a prescription, mm -hmm. into a technique? And are we losing the art of it to the detriment of teachers and students? Dave, you often talk about Palmer's quote, I, you know, we teach who we are. Yeah, yeah. And my question is, if education becomes too prescribed, can we actually teach who we are? Are we teaching who people want us to be? Hmm. So that, that has been my wrestling, mm -hmm. um, kind of the art and the science, but yeah. really around these things that we, we put high value on, you know, a, specific lesson plans, learning targets, outcomes, that there's hardly any room for teachers to be who yeah. they are. Mm. And I'm not saying I, I'm just, that's my, I've wrestled with yeah. that. And yeah. so mm -hmm. I'm going to leave it at that and just a notice and wonder for you. And I'm wondering what you're thinking. Abby, can I, can yeah. I put you on the spot? To... Yeah. And in my view, like, even if we have a learning target, even if we have a common assessment, there's still a lot of ways to get us there yeah. into which I can infuse myself and my yeah. art, yeah. right? So I think teaching is an art and a science. I believe that. Yeah. Mm. And I don't think that it should be one or the other, yeah. right? I think to yeah. at its fullest, I think it's both mm -hmm. because I think we need to know where we're going. So I think we need those targets. Yeah. I think we need yeah. some of those standards or we have that danger of yeah. kind of wandering off the path. What are we doing? Mm -hmm. Right? Like yeah. what, what's the purpose of this? Where are we going? I think students need that. Right? So I, I taught adolescents and I've seen it over and over again in classrooms where they don't know what the purpose of something is. They are more likely to disengage sure. as students. Right? right. right? Yeah. So yeah. I think we need that common target. Um, but I've seen the same standards taught in wildly different ways mm. in different, so my yeah. subject is English, right? In different English classrooms. Mm -hmm. People get there in wildly different ways. Yeah. Is there not, a, so if I can push back, mm -hmm. is there not a danger though, like of when you have a learning target or you have these clear objectives all the time, is that it, it sort of determines always where the road, where the, where the road, I don't want to say end because the learning mm -hmm. continues, but mm -hmm. sort of like it, it lays out this map. And there's different ways to get there, but you always kind of know where you, mm -hmm. where the map sort of ends, for lack of a, mm -hmm. lack of a better word. You know where the mm -hmm. destination is. And my wonder about it, and now I'm saying this, and, and you are an English teacher, I was an English teacher. My wonder about it sometimes, though, is, but what if we didn't, what if, is there not space for it to end somewhere? Like, why do we always have to set the target and say, this is where it's got to go, whereas... And you and you cut yourself off from this these organic moments that rise up, and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, we this changes it in some like 
a comment from a student, a question. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I wonder if by having so many outcomes or, or targets, if we lose the joy of the journey in some ways. And not that it's joyless, but to say like, you know, like one year I can teach a, a Flannery O'Connor story and without that specific lockdown target, I might end up in place A. And then because of the class and what they need and the discussion, what's going on in the world, it's like, oh, we went a way different way the next year. Mm -hmm. And so I sometimes wonder if the science, the science of those things, if, if those wonderful learning, spontaneous learning opportunities become somewhat muted. That's my one. Right. That's my, my wonder. Right. But Dave, what do you... It's, I'm sitting here with a slightly furled brow as you're describing that because I want to agree with what you're saying, and I don't think I do completely, honestly. Um, well, then we have a problem. Dude. Well, <laughs> no, so, no I'm, I'm, just, I'm thinking out loud here as yeah. I say this. So um, I want to give an analogy that I've used with students before when we talk about yeah. curriculum for, okay. for a second. So like, if you imagine yourself standing on the edge of a field, like literally yeah. standing on the edge of a field, yeah. And you have to get to the other side of the field. Like, yeah. So let's just say that's the yeah. goal. Mm -hmm. There are so many different paths you could take to yeah. get across that field. Yeah. Right? Okay. So now here's the analogy piece. The, the, the field represents a content area. So we sometimes yeah. talk about like the field of studying English yeah. or the field of mathematics yeah. or the field of whatever. And the curriculum is the path you plot yeah. through that field. And so in the field of, I'm going to pick on math for a minute here because yeah. it's an easier one for me to get my hands around. So in the field of mathematics, there is a path through that field that we call yeah. Algebra 1. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there are certain way markers on that path that you know it's on this particular path. Does that mean you're never going to talk about geometry or trigonometry? Yeah. No, because those are also in this field, and mm -hmm. sometimes they're right next to the path in Algebra. Yeah. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um, and, okay, so there's the, kind of that, that way we can think about Flannery. So I guess I'm thinking about this, carrying this forward, thinking in English, and you're going to read the Flannery O'Connor story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe, like, in this field of English, you have a course called Literature, and that's the yeah. path you're following. Yeah. And some years it's going to be a more winding path mm -hmm. than others, yeah. but I still think there is a place you're going right. either way, right? Well, and, and for me, like, why isn't one of the goals to read and interpret complex literature, yeah. right? That could go a million ways, yeah, but right. that's still a learning target, yeah. right? We still are very clear about what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, and Flannery has like umpteen themes, right? Where, yeah. where directions yeah. that you could go, the language you could study, mm, the, yeah. the things that students will pick up on and notice and relate to their own lives. Yeah. But that broader target still gives room for for that differentiation yeah. and, and maybe that's the issue that like if you all read like the common core standards for math mm -hmm. and for english language arts well yeah like if you get way in the weeds on those yeah. standards documents they're very detailed yeah. and like i'm not opposed some to some are standards. some are not well that's fair yeah that's yeah fair. like in, like read and understand <clears throat> literature at a 12th grade level yeah, yeah. And, and that's a very broad scale yeah, term, right? right? Yeah, and then Summer sometimes nine. sometimes they're so specific that mm -hmm. it's like, I don't disagree that second graders should learn how to subtract right. you know, whole numbers. Right. Okay, they should, right? Yeah. But yeah, like mm -hmm. there's different kinds of, yeah. of learning outcomes, I think, that yeah. we could name then too. And and maybe that's maybe that's the, the path forward on this, right? Like if we're getting so caught up on all these little tiny yeah. detailed things. 
And I'm not saying that we shouldn't ever focus on the details, yeah. but yeah. that changes the kind of learning that we're talking about then too, maybe. Yeah, but my wonder is, okay, so we've done a podcast on protocols, mm -hmm. and we talked about protocols last week, and I love protocols. So again, this is <laughs> not, so this is me again thinking out loud. Mm -hmm. Is there, is my, but is my love of using protocols then bordering on here's the science of it versus I'm not really, I'm not being who I am anymore. I'm actually, it is getting very like, yeah. do this, do the, you know, like, am I less being myself? And then is that, and that maybe that's not a bad thing. It's just, again, it's my wonder where we start, are we relying on, on so many of these mm -hmm. things that, that were like he talks about, right? He says he says it cannot be reduced to technique. It comes from the identity and the integrity of the teacher. And then I sometimes, as I read that, like I confess to you, my first thought, my first thought when I read that was, um, is am I, is my use of protocols and my love of protocols reducing teaching to a technique? Mm -hmm. And that that's my that was my wonder. And, and I don't. I have to answer that myself, but it's yeah. just a wonder is, mm -hmm. are we in, are we in danger then of it becoming, is there a risk of it becoming too sciencey where we're just like, Hey, do this, do that. And you know, I just changed something in one of my classes to use a protocol. Sure. Right. <laughs> and I, and again, I feel like it will work, but it's also, but it's still, but it's still just a tool yeah, in the hands yeah, totally. of, of you who are the yeah, teacher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? You can yeah. use protocols very differently. Totally. The same protocol. The same protocol. Right? And it can play totally. out in very different ways. Right. And you're still designing when to use it yep. and what material to use it with. Yep. I still see the fingerprints of the teacher all over that. Yeah. yeah. And and maybe this is one of those places I'll pick on you for a second yeah. since you brought this yeah. up, right? Like you gravitate towards protocols because that's part of your craft of yeah. how you're going yeah. to do your work as a teacher. And because be... you value yeah. equal voices, yeah. right? And yeah. you value student participation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's who you are. I just I just wonder, like I, I feel like I, I've had more just more conversations mm -hmm. with teachers just about some of the bureaucracy of teaching yeah. of the parents. And, and, and so maybe that's something is, different. Yeah, and there definitely is, right? So our, our student teachers, for example, are running more and more into, especially at the elementary level, scripted curriculum. Yeah. Right. And that, in my view, is very different from what we're talking yeah. about of learning yeah. targets where the teacher gets to decide yeah. how we meet them. That yeah. is a book, and you read from the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is soul-killing yeah. in yeah. some ways. Right? And right. I'm not saying never that it never has its place, mm -hmm. but that yeah. is that's not the same. Yeah. Right? That yeah. that's hard to teach who you are. So as I read as I read Palmer, right, he, just this line of good teaching not being reduced to technique mm -hmm. because it leaves people who teach differently feeling devalued. And so that and that's yeah, that's what I'm wondering is even as teacher prep. Are we are we teaching teachers to teach a very specific way that might leave some feeling de devalued? And and I'm I am confident we're not devaluing them. It's just that real that's really strong language to me actually, mm -hmm. right? And and what I felt like when I was having this conversation with with like I said a respected friend was a sense of sort of being devalued. I have to do these things. Mm -hmm that are now being asked of me and it's making me feel like 
I'm less of who I am and feeling devalued in that. And I'm, and I'm, I'm empathetic to that, sure. I, mm-hmm. I guess. And that doesn't mean to throw out targets and it doesn't mean to throw out, you know, protocols. Um, but to be aware of that, I guess. This, this section that you read, and I've read the book many times, so I remember this bit of it. He talks about uh, good teaching comes from the identity and integrity of, of the teacher. I think yeah. that was a bit right yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. right? And that really resonates with me. Because yeah. I think that there is this kind of lifeless way of marching through this scripted curriculum that yeah. you can, you know. Yeah. And I would agree, like, that. that's not what I want to be about. Right? <laughs> so how do I find that? Like identity, so who am I? Yeah. And integrity, I take that more not in the like do the right thing for the right reasons, but more like being whole, right? Mm-hmm. Integral, that it's that it's wholeness. So who are you, and how does it all hang together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so when you step out on stage, so to speak, as a teacher, that you're bringing your whole self into yeah. that work. Yeah. And I don't think that having a learning target, even yeah. a mandated learning target, that somebody else says yeah. you have to teach this, yeah. negates that, right? Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm coming back to my friend John Van Dyke, uh, his lovely book, The Craft of Christian Teaching. Yeah. I love that imagery of a craft, right? Because yeah. like, what does it mean to be a craft? Yeah. That it has both. There are universals. It is a science. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also an art, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like both both of those things yeah. can be true at the same time. That's what we said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was visiting a student teacher today, actually, in English classroom, and she was teaching her students about writing introductions, and she yeah. actually put the Iowa standard on the board, and she mm-hmm. led them through a couple yeah. of um, exercises where they read introductions yeah. from mentor texts, and she had them underlining on those introductions places where. Um, they intru- the the author introduced the narrator mm-hmm. places oh. where they presented a situation or a problem or a um I forget what the third one was um and she had them underline those and we had a conversation afterwards and she said um like these ninth graders don't know where to start when they write an introduction no. and so this frame mm. there's still all kinds of choices inside of that yep. but it gives yep. them something to start with right that they can then shape how they want to and i wonder sometimes if standards or targets function that way as kind of a a loose for us as teachers like for as a loose framework that inside of which then we have the freedom to craft at least it gives us a starting place right freedom within the law so to speak right like don't see them as something that inhibits but actually just as a jumping off point to right. all kinds of at least i know what i'm doing possibilities right. Right. Yeah. yeah folks i'm going to add one more wrinkle to this now because we've done check-in questions another protocol that we use sometimes is exit tickets mm-hmm. so i'm going to give an exit ticket today so today's exit ticket is um you have to choose a circle square or triangle right so circle something that's still um, circling around in your head uh, something that's a square, something that's square, we've talked about that squares with your uh, thinking, or a, tri- a triangle, like you're making a connection to something else. So that's today's exit ticket, a circle, circling around, something that squares, we talked about that squares with your thinking, or you're making a, a connection. So I think, I think I've got a circle, and I'm, okay. still, I'm still just circling on, on the big question that you were asking from the very beginning of this, yeah. like, can, can good teaching be reduced to technique? And yeah. I think the answer is no. I think it's more than that. But yeah. I'm still circling because I think technique really does matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think I want to keep puzzling on that okay. one for a little while, yeah. All right. 
Abbey circle, square, triangle. Passing's normative with with always. Yeah. Yeah. Unrelated to this podcast or education, I'm I'm reading um, a, a couple of places. I've come across this idea in my reading lately about in my personal devotional reading about um, about Christianity being more than just a personal belief system or morality, but actually walking in the ways of Jesus, right? And yeah. these spiritual disciplines, and that yeah. that is a huge part of of my faith. And so I'm just circling around that. Idea, mm-hmm. and and what that means for my own life right now. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm still circling around this idea as well of of um, the science of teaching doesn't negate the art of it. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not an either or, mm-hmm. um, but also how do I even in my own pedagogy make sure I keep that balance that it's not all art, mm-hmm. but it's also not all all science, and that that these work together actually. And I think what you said, Abby, earlier about, like, there's actually, when you actually have clear boundaries, there's actually more freedom when Mm -hmm. there's no boundaries at all. And so I think that was really helpful, helpful language for me. Friends, we know that your time is valuable. I want to thank you for joining us today for another Hallway Conversation. So whether it is this day, this week, this month, we hope the Lord gives you what you stand in need of. And as you go into this day, we want to offer you this blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good day. This podcast was quite literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is an independent podcast created and produced by Matt Beamers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Thanks for listening.